Welcome to the Financial Heartbeat Podcast with Mike Klauke. In this podcast, we talk about overcoming the challenges families and business owners face in their financial lives. We discuss big and small life events, the implications, and how to plan ahead and control what you can. Let us help you redefine the retirement that's in front of you into a better one. Now, on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to another Financial Heartbeat Podcast with Mike Klauke. Today, we are going to continue on the 401k conversation that we uh, had from the last podcast, but today we're going to talk about the seven things that you should know before you start your 401k. Now, Mike, a lot of people think that the whole 401k thing is is really overwhelming. Are, are we going to address some of that today? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the 401ks are a great tool for a lot of businesses, and, and I think, you know, you could, I've got the seven things you should talk about with your 401ks, but in reality, this is the seven things that you should, can talk about for, you know, any real retirement plan. And, you know, so whether you're a couple of person shop or you have 200 employees, a lot of these rules will apply. And the biggest thing, and I work with 401ks on a regular basis is to have someone that can help get the minutia down to manageable pieces because that's what we do. That's my job is to help simplify it, to help you put a plan together that will help you. But then the other key, Matt, is to communicate it to your employees and to the folks so that they realize this is a very big and good benefit. Well, let's talk about the purpose of a plan itself. Let's let's break it down to its essence. Well, that's the first and most important thing. Now, is the primary goal of the plan for the owners to put away the most money and max it out? Or is the goal to have the lowest possible cost to the business? I mean, and that's a huge difference because if the goal is for the owners to put away the 25,000, assuming they're over age 50, and then the max, the profit sharing out, which can be up to like roughly 55, $56,000, you're going to have to, if you have employees, put some serious money away for your employees too. But in some cases, the 401k is there because you want to have a plan because all your competitors have a plan. And you're not so worried as a business owner about how much you're going to put into it, but you want to have a plan that's competitive with your employees so that your employees have a plan. And then some people just want to have a plan to have a plan and they want their costs to be as low as possible. So for instance, in that case, they might not even offer a matching contribution. But that's where we really sit down with a business owner. And if you have a plan already, I would sit back and say, you know, does it make sense? Are we meeting the objectives of the plan? And that might have changed. Let's say you started a plan 10, 15 years ago when your business was just starting and you were putting in, you know, a nice contribution as an owner. Well, now you're making decent money. And especially with some of the new tax laws, if you can put some extra money into the plan and maybe bring your taxable income down, it can really help you on a tax standpoint. Well, then you might want to shift and you might need to be refocusing where you put some money, but you may want to now put more money away as an owner. So then there's things that you can do to tweak your current plan to make it work better. But I really believe that you need to start by saying, why do we want the plan what is the purpose of the plan? And, and, you know, and then what are we willing to put for resources towards the plan? There are thousands of plans. There are hundreds, it seems, thousands of, of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. How complicated does this need to be? Well, and again, it depends. You're going to hear that a lot. You know, 
we have one of our largest employers in our area that has a whopping nine different investment options inside of the plan. We have other plans. I, I'm thinking of a plan right now that has about 10 employees that has an open architect mat, and they can literally invest in anything, in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. They have a very small amount that, that has to be invested in, and the rest of it they can basically go into a brokerage account and use. So again, it depends on how complicated you want the plan to be. But there, I think it's really important to have someone like me or, or a good advisor because we can sit down and talk about who your employees are. Because if you have a plan that they're not going to understand and that they're not going to appreciate, then it's in some ways it's not worth having the plan, Matt. Liability is also a big issue, right? The, the Much bigger impl- issue than people think. Okay, well, then explain that, because I, I, I actually wasn't aware of this before we were preparing for the podcast, that there was a substantial liability issue. Well, I mean, you know, depending on who you listen to, as an owner of the plan, you are responsible, as the business owner, you are really responsible to make sure that this plan is in the best interests of your employees. And there are some rules that you have to follow. The good news now is you can actually outsource a lot of the liability. I've got one plan, you know, where the folks are like all the time talking to me and saying, you know, we don't want any liability. Well, the only way to have zero liability, Matt, is to not have a plan. (laughs) That's not what they want to do, obviously, right? But what we have done, like with these folks, is we've sat back and said, okay, we're going to hire some fiduciaries. And one of the fiduciaries is a 338. And there, that fiduciary will actually pick the investments for the plan. So you will not have an investment committee. The 338 is the fiduciary in that case. You can also hire a 316 fiduciary, and then they will be responsible for all the notices. They'll be responsible for making sure the contributions go in once they get the money from you on a timely basis. They'll make sure that the money goes to the right accounts. They're going to make sure that when somebody terminates that they get the proper notices. They're going to help you calculate. They're going to calculate the vesting schedules. They're going to do all of those mechanical things. In some ways, they're an offshoot of your HR department, which a lot of my businesses really do like. And I think that it's important that, you know, you understand, do you want a 338 and do you want a 316? And a lot of the people when I talk to that have an existing plan, I'll say, well, well, tell me about the fiduciary protection they have. And they don't know at all what, what they have. And then the other thing, Matt, is there's something called a 321. That's what I am in most cases an advisor. And that, again, says that I have a fiduciary responsibility. So, you know, I can advise the plan, but I can't actually make decisions for the plan. Where with the 338, they are going to make the investment decisions. With the 316, they are going to do the paperwork. They will sign off that the person is terminated after they check with your HR department. The 321 is much more of an advisory, which I like to be because then it's my job. I will go out and do something called benchmarking a plan mat. 
And what that means is that I'll go out and I'll say, okay, let's see how your plan compares against all the plans like you in a universe. Hmm. And we'll see what the costs are, what the fees are. We'll, we'll be able to break down and show them where they fit inside of that universe. And that's really important because if you ever do get audited from like the Department of Labor, because those are the folks that will sometimes audit 401ks, you know, it's good to have all of that in a file because then you're protecting yourself as the employer and you can show that I am doing my level best. Because again, being a fiduciary doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means you're putting your best effort forward, in my opinion, and putting, you know, the plan's interest ahead of your own interests and, and you're taking care of your folks. And, and so I think it's really crucial that people that run 401ks, when I hear, oh, I'm just the signatory on it, that they understand what liability they're taking on and that the good news is for not a lot of money, they can typically allow someone else to have a good chunk of that liability. How is this different than who is going to administer and host the plan? Well, who's going to administer and host the plan? Typically what that is, is like a trust company or an insurance company or a large platform like a TD Ameritrade. They're going to be the folks that that's where the assets are going to be held at. You know, and there's a tons of different things with that. But typically, you know, some of them will be the fiduciaries. We have one company that will be a 316, a 338, and they'll host a plan. They will do it all. Then we'll have other times when we'll have open architects where we will actually, you know, use people from, you know, from different places, different third-party money managers will be the 338s. And then we might have a TPA that's the 316. A TPA is the third-party administrator. And what they'll do in a lot of times, Matt, is they'll do the testing. Because we don't really, I don't really talk about that a lot, but testing is really crucial. You know, in a 401k, and now I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit here, there are certain rules that you have to follow for an owner to be able to participate in it. And the TPAs in a lot of cases will do the testing and they'll make sure that your plan fits within all of the rules that the Department of Labor and the IRS has for it to be a 401k. And so, you know, again, what's nice having me is sometimes I consider myself sort of the interpreter because I can sort of talk to TPA language and I can definitely talk to business owner language because that's what I am. And so when you put all that together, Matt, you know, it can work really well and, and I can help them get a great plan design so that we can maximize what, you know, what they want to accomplish, but yet do it in an affordable way. And then the nice thing is we work with so many different platforms that, you know, depending on what your goal is, that depends on where we go. You know, if somebody wants a very simple 401k, we might go more to like a mutual fund platform because it's easy and typically they're very low cost. If you have someone who wants a real open architect, a real robust plan, then you might go to a TD Ameritrade or something like that where they have a lot more options. And, you know, again, I'm agnostic. I, I'm, I'm just going to go where it makes the most sense. The number one thing that employees want as a benefit is healthcare, but number two, it's the retirement plan. So how do you as a business owner figure out what sort of match you should have? Cause it, it seems yeah. like there, that's a little nebulous also. Well, because people will do all sorts of different matches, Matt, they will do matches that are, you know, I mean, extremely rich to no match at all. A lot of times plans that we like to talk to our employers about 
we like safe harbor plans because the nice thing about safe harbor plans are as an owner, you're typically able to put away more money and you're not as beholding to having your employees um, put as much money into the plan. The formulas work, safe harbor can be great. So a lot of times what we'll talk about to somebody is if you can, if you will be willing to put in 4% and the employee is willing to put in 5%, then you have a safe harbor plan. The other thing though to remember with safe harbor plans is the vesting schedules then are different. And I don't want to go into that. But the neat thing is a lot of times I'll see a 5% for 4%. But, you know, I, you know, I had a company that they could only really do a small match. And, and I can remember the employee was saying to me because they were doing, you know, 10 cents on the dollars. And I said, you know, so you're willing to walk by on every dollar that goes in a dime. You know, think about if you put $20 in, you know, and, and you have 20 dimes, that's now two bucks. Will you walk by two bucks going down the street? You know, bottom line is even a little bit of a match, Matt, can really add up over time. So, you know, any sort of a match that an employer can put away is great. But again, we go back to my first question is what is the purpose of the plan? And we really figure out what are we trying to accomplish? And that's how we figure out the match. Now, Profit sharing. So you were just talking about some people who are wildly generous. Let's talk about how profit sharing can or may be incorporated into the plan. Well, the first thing you have to decide is if it is it something that you want. I mean, it's a purely discretionary item. The nice thing is you can look at it every year. It isn't something that you have to do, you know, every year if you if you have a bad year and you can't do profit sharing, you can't do profit sharing. It's not going to affect the plan. But the nice thing about profit sharing is it will allow the owners to typically put a good chunk of money away inside of the business. Plus, in a lot of cases, depending on how you can structure it, and we have some really neat things that we can do with profit sharing, you can also have different categories of employees. And so a different level of employee, maybe employees that have been with you for 20 plus years you know, they will get a higher level of profit sharing than someone who's been with you for five years. Maybe employees that have hit, you know, their goals, they can get a higher percentage of profit sharing than people who didn't hit their goals. It it can be structured a ton of different ways. But the neat thing is, is that if you have a good third party administrator or a good program that will really allow you to test it, there are ways that you can manage the money to really make it great so that the people that have helped your business to grow you can really reward. And I've got a lot of my business owners that really want to do that. I, I had no idea that there was that level of flexibility in, in 401ks. That's, that's remarkable. Now, somebody, this is number seven, right? So somebody has to be able to communicate this in human people language for well, the normal people to understand, right? And I think that is the biggest mistake that I see. I will sometimes see a very good plan and I will end up spending time explaining to employees how good of a benefit they have. And they're sort of looking at me like deer in headlights, Matt. You know, it's like, you know, you have a 6% dollar for dollar match. Well, yeah, isn't that what everybody has? Hmm. Uh, No, that's very good. And oh, by the way, it's a safe harbor plan. So you're 100% vested right away. Really? Yeah. And they didn't have to vest all of it, but they are. Oh, okay. 
And oh, by the way, you got, you know, $6,000 hypothetically for our compliance folks that are listening, you know, in a profit (laughs) sharing. And, you know, and it's like, you know, I've had people literally when I've taken the statements out because I like to get a statement for the first quarter from a client because that shows me if there's profit sharing because traditionally that's in, you know, it's going to be in by the end of March. And, you know, and I'll point out to somebody, you know, you got a $3,800 profit sharing contribution. I just did that this month. And the person looked at me and said, we get profit sharing. You know, obviously there's a failure to communicate there because you need to be able to, people need to know what they're getting in the plan. You know, for instance, if they're making $50,000 and there's a 5% match, you know, I'm saying to that person, you're getting $2,500 extra dollars going into your account. That's $2,500 more dollars that you're making. It's not free money. That's part of your wages, but that's $2,500 extra dollars that this company is investing in you. And I think that it's important that the person talking about the plan stands up and explains that to people and explains to people that, you know, this is good. The other thing, and, and, and I mean, I'm happy to let you talk to some of the folks that we work with is that we act as sort of a financial back office for a lot of employees. We've helped people, you know, realize should they buy their first house? Because how that conversation happens is they call up and say, Hey, I'm going to buy a house. Can I cash in my 401k? I mean, that, Matt, I get that question all the time. And the answer is, in most cases, no, you really do not want to do that. And then we explain why, because of penalties and costs, even though there are some ways that they can get money out of their 401k, you know, sometimes for a first, you know, for buying your first home. But uh, most of the time, by the time we're done, it doesn't make sense to do it because of the costs. And, you know, bottom line when we look at all of this is you need to have someone that's there that communicates that talks and explains just how good this plan is for the employees and how it is just a spectacular benefit and you know we're recently changing a plan i'm not afraid to explain to people why we're making the move how we're going to save them money and how they're going to have a better plan because of what the employer has done would you mind going back through the uh, your seven keys? No, not a problem at all. So again, the seven really important things is first and foremost, you need to figure out what the purpose of the plan is. Then you have to decide, you know, how complicated do we want this plan to be? How much liability? And the other thing I should say there is how much help do you want to have running the plan? Who's going to administer the plan and host the plan? You know, and, and who's going to be the face of the plan? What sort of match are you going to use? How is profit sharing going to be incorporated? And then most importantly, how are you going to present this to your employees? And then what's the ongoing communication going to be? In most cases, I want to talk to those employees at least once a year, if not more, because I think it's very important that people communicate and people talk about, you know, their 401ks. And you need to constantly be telling people just how good it is. All right. Any uh, any other closing ideas or thoughts or statements that we need to uh, go over? Uh, just kind of wrap today's podcast up. Well, and again, we talked about 401ks, but let's step back. If you're a smaller business, a simple IRA might make a ton of sense. and a, Or a SEP, or even a payroll deduction IRA. When you call our office at 782-1642, we're going to sit down, if you've never had a plan, and we're going to say, okay, what makes the most sense for you to have a plan? 
what sort of plan should you have? You know, I think that's where you start. And then we determine, you know, simple 401k, SEP, all of those different things. And then we go forward. Now, if you already have a 401k and you just like to get a checkup, give us a call. We're happy to take a look at it. We can benchmark it. We can look at what your costs are. We can talk about what your fiduciary responsibility is. And, you know, if it's a great plan, we're going to tell you that. Um, if we can help, we'll help. But, you know, that's purely up to you. And again, we never have a cost in that situation. So give us our office a call at 782-1642 and we'd be happy to talk with you. Thank you, Mike. Well, have a great day, Matt. And uh, hope everybody out there has a wonderful, profitable day. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time Mike comes out with a new podcast, we'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you have a moment, quickly share this with a business owner that you know, because a 401k is not only a magnificent benefit to your employees, but it can also benefit the owner. So for everybody at Cloud Key Investments and Insurance, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Financial Heartbeat Podcast with Mike Klauke. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you have questions for Mike, please call him at 608-782-1642. Visit his website at www.klaukefinancial.com or stop in for a visit at 635 2nd Avenue South on Alaska, Wisconsin, 54650. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Klauke Investments and Insurance does not give legal or tax advice. Klauke Investments and Insurance and Securities America, Inc. are separate entities.